When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the YouTube home for BamaOnline.com. It is a Monday morning, January the 22nd, 2024. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BOL. And we are, we're working the Foursquare on a Monday morning. How about that? Right over here to my to my right as I look at the screen, of course, uh, staff reporter for us, does an outstanding job covering recruiting. Joseph Hastings down there, diagonal to me is the senior recruiting editor for BOL, Andrew Bone. And of course, just below down there in the uh, sort of, the, I guess, is that the Peter Brady square in the Brady Bunch, Tim? Tim Joseph Watts. Has, Joseph has no clue what that is. I know. Site, site publisher. Joe's up. Joe's up on stuff, man. He knows what's going on with the Brady Bunch. But we've got a lot to get into on this Monday morning, guys. Uh, I like to refer to you three as the big three. You know, from the Miami Heat days. So if Tim's LeBron, I guess Andrew, you're Dwayne Wade. Somebody's got to be Chris Bosch and all of this. Joseph, I got you hey, good. Chris can it, play. It's better than me. I, I'm not even. Pro- I may be Udonis Haslam in the whole thing. Maybe <laughs> I might be UD. Talk about outdated <laughs> references. But let's get into some stuff that's more up to speed, guys. As Boy, that Seattle to Tuscaloosa train has been getting some work of late. Jeremy Bernard, the latest, a wide receiver transfer from the University of Washington. I mean, are we the point where we're just going to call it Tuscaloosa-Seattle at, at this point, Tim? And what is Alabama getting uh, in this guy who put up some impressive numbers a year ago for the Huskies? Yeah, you know, this is all this is just stuff we're reaching into. Not familiar with some of these guys, but talking to people on the West Coast, um, Big upside uh, behind three really good wide receivers that are going to be drafted in the first three rounds of the draft. I had a West Coast scout tell me in the top 50 range, uh, 40, 50 range of the uh, draft, those three guys will be getting looked at. Um, but a talented guy, and you can see he did some things. He made some passes. They ran him on the reverse. He's got that look, very similar uh, numbers to Bond, but he looks like a more polished wide receiver. Um, and the guy that's been running those routes for Shepard, the new wide receiver coach. And you saw, we've seen how important that's going to be. So, again, very familiar with the system. And this is another guy that goes in the wide receiver room who can help the other wide receivers figure it out. And that's one thing we're seeing. We got, like, obviously you got great coaches, but you've also got players that can explain it because, you know, sometimes hearing it from your peer, your brother, is better than hearing it from your parent or your coach. Yeah, Tim, we're already getting some questions in the comments here for the show about better wide receiver, Bond or Bernard. Well, I think they're different. I think they're similar, Andrew, in that they can play multiple spots. We've seen Bernard, like Bond, work inside, work outside. Uh, but the versatility um, uh, is, is certainly there. Uh, when you talk about Jeremy and some of the things Tim talked about, the guy had two rushing touchdowns last year. Caught 30-plus passes. Hell, he had a pass he threw for 14 yards, returns kicks. So he brings more than just one or two things to the table. Yeah, he's very physical, too. I mean, he's a great blocker downfield. Uh, yeah, I saw some clips of him just laying out some players. And uh, yeah, I think that that's going to be 
obviously very important. But, you know, as Tim mentioned, you know, being able to bring somebody in who knows the system well, who's worked with the wide receivers coach, who's worked with the offensive coordinator, uh, Ryan Grubb, I mean, that's very important. And, you know, this is a kid that sort of reminds you, I don't want to say that he is Kendrick Law, but he does a lot of the similar things that Kendrick Law does in Alabama system this past season. So I think we're going to see him being used in, a, in multiple ways. And as Tim mentioned, he was the number four guy at Washington. He still had over 400 yards receiving as the number four guy uh, at Washington, and the top three guys are gone. So he would have been their number one guy heading into uh, heading into the spring and into the fall. So getting him on campus, getting him uh, on this Alabama roster, very good for uh, for the Crimson Tide moving forward. Yeah, I like the Kendrick Law comp probably best of all because there is that versatility, different things you can do with him, and the physicality. That you mentioned, because we know Kendrick has absolutely no problem bringing that to the mix. Now, Joseph, more and more, I guess you're not surprised by the path guys take from mm -hmm. high school to maybe their first destination to their second destination. But if my math is correct on this, it looks like Jeremy went through the coaching change at Washington coming out of high school. Got out of his NLI originally with Washington because they were going through a change to Kalen DeBoer. He ends up at Michigan State, has a, a, a solid season. I guess it was 2022 for the mm -hmm. Spartans, but then bounces back to Washington, and now he's off to the University of Alabama. I guess at this point, though, Joseph, you're, you're not surprised by much. I'm not really too surprised. I mean, I started covering recruiting back in 2017 and, you know, it was kind of before all of this started to happen before the advent, of, uh, you know, the introduction of the transfer portal, as we know it now before the, you know, NIL situation. So I've got to see it evolve um, over the past few years. And it's definitely been an adjustment, you know, going through reading about Bernard's history, uh, like you mentioned, originally signed with Washington got released from his NLI, um, enrolled at Michigan State, then went over back to Washington again and now at Alabama. I think it really got in the ghost to show, though, uh, from the recruiting implications of it, just you know how, how important um, Kalen DeBoer and his staff are valued by some of these guys from Washington. Like you mentioned, you know, Seattle to Tuscaloosa, it's not a walk down the park. It's not a you know an hour trip down the road. It's across the country, and you've, you have multiple guys who are willing to make that, that trek from Washington out to Alabama um, and following the board and his staff. I mean, in, in Bernard's case, he went from Michigan to Washington to, to, to Alabama. Um, you know, so you, you kind of got to see a little bit of how much these guys really look at Caitlin Bohr, his staff, especially on offense. And, um, you know, it, in terms of recruiting implications on the line, you've got a big time target you're trying to sign into the 2024 class. And Ryan Williams, who we'll talk about later, you've got other guys in 2025, 2026. So just in terms of the recruiting implications, especially on offense um, and all these offensive guys who are coming on over, it's something that Alabama fans should be really excited about. Yeah, Tim, it's three UW guys now in the Crimson Tide corner with Jeremy Bernard, uh, Parker Brailsford, the interior offensive lineman, of course, Austin Mack who kind of got all this going late last week. So the focus seems to be shifting with this group, what I refer to as the Washington Five, the defensive side now, Jabbar Muhammad, who we'll talk more about with Joseph coming up in a little bit because he had a great in-depth uh, interview and update with Jabbar for BamaOnline.com. But Muhammad and also Noah Carter, uh, the signee for UW, who has recently been released from his NLI. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at these guys that you, you've seen. The offensive side, I think, were the biggest. Like, I think they're all needs. But when we looked at guys 
and sort of pinpointed who from Washington. You saw a center to replace a center. We saw a wide receiver to place a wide receiver. And Jabbar, of course, would be the cornerback to replace an Amos who went. Now, that definitely is an upgrade. I mean, you can debate some of the other positions. I think most would be happy with the Parker swap. Um, but Jabbar is a big-time player. I mean, he's a playmaker. He did a lot of things. He's a cover guy, has that swagger, has all that little stuff that goes with him. And, again, the experience, 15 games, national championship game this year. Um, obviously, you have those guys. But, yeah, I mean, Max, another one. I mean, we kind of feel good with this whole group. Jabbar is the most interesting because of the players involved, right? It's Bama, Texas, and Oregon. And we know Oregon and, and uh, Texas have been very active in the NIL, but a talent guy, you know, there's not as many targets, obviously, because there's only a few coaching changes as there would have been during the first portal. But I think the spring is going to be even more wide open. But again, Jimmy Stein laid out some dominoes of Harbaugh to the NFL and Kelly to Michigan. I mean, if, if, if all those dominoes happen, I don't, I don't know. I'll be running the Vanderbilt site. I can't handle five major coaching changes in February. Popolictic, I think it's called. Yeah, um, Andrew, what's? What, I think what's interesting too is just from a measurable standpoint, some of these guys and Brailsford we talked about, not the biggest guy in the world, very effective, very effective second team all Pac-12 player in 2023, but not a 330 guy, not a 300 plus guy at an interior offensive line position. You look at Muhammad, 5'10 corner. We didn't see many of those in the Nick Saban era at Alabama. It seemed to start at pretty much six foot for Nick, where those critical factors were concerned. So kind of interesting, I guess, to see how, you know, the different types of players and sizes and assets and those things are maybe lining up more with what Alabama is going to be transitioning to. Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, you look at the roster and you think, man, those guys are smaller than what you uh, what you're used to in Tuscaloosa. But you also watch them play against teams that Alabama played against, including Texas. And you know, you see those guys have a lot of success on the field. Yeah, I'm really impressed with Parker Brailsford, um, you know, only giving up one sack uh, his entire redshirt freshman season. Uh, you know, was the second highest graded center in the country. Uh, I mean impressive player uh, from a technical standpoint, uh, plays with great leverage. Um, I think he's a very smart kid, you know, obviously understands the system, knows the play calls, um, you know, reads defense as well. So I think this is a great pickup. I, I do think he probably will, you know, come in, put on maybe a little, little bit of weight, not too much. I mean, you know, it's all he'll, he'll go to the wayside. Yeah. Send him yeah. to the wayside. Yeah, he'll be great, all right. Great, great, great place to start. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, knowing the system is uh, is going to be huge for Alabama. Um, you know, both of the not just uh, not just Brailsford, but Jermaine uh, Austin Mack. I mean, you get you want to talk about size? Look at Austin Mack. I mean, this is a six foot. He looks six nine, but he's six foot six, two hundred and thirty pounds. I mean, this is a you know really impressive physical specimen. We saw him uh, standing next to Ty Simpson uh, yesterday in a photo that was released. <laughs> I mean, he, it kind of reminded me of the uh, of the Mark Ingram, uh, Derek Henry photo that, that circulated a few years ago from the national championship. Uh, so he's got some size, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a uh, that big of an issue once they, these guys step foot on campus. Uh, let's talk, Jojo, about uh, Jabbar Muhammad, because, again, you had the in-depth conversation with him. Did you pick up a vibe one way or the other? How is this going to play out? Obviously, Oregon still on the docket, I guess, from a visit perspective. 
What were you able to gather from that extensive conversation? I think that's kind of the big takeaway there. You know, talking with Muhammad on Saturday night, we're looking to see if that visit to Oregon was still going to be on the table. As of right now, as of that conversation, that still seems to be the plan. He told me on Saturday night that Dan Landing, Oregon head coach, was going to be in town Sunday night. He didn't have anything set up for with any of the other schools, um, you know, for this week um, when we had spoken. But, yeah, I, you know, the main takeaways that I had is that, you know, he's a very mature young man. He knows exactly what he's looking for. He outlined it at the at the end of that interview uh, that's posted on Bama Online, looking for stability, looking for a team that's going to be in, in, in that um, in the hunt for a national championship that's going to be a contender. Um, also looking for continued development. You know, this is his final final season. He's had four years under his belt. Very experienced player has that fifth year because of the 2020 COVID season. So, um, you know, he's going to bring a lot of experience and knowledge, um, it, you know, to the table um, wherever he decides to go. So he wants to make sure that he's pretty diligent in this process, but made it clear that you know, whenever it is time to make that decision, he wants to be on campus ASAP. He wants to be participating in the spring. So, um, you know, it, could that Oregon visit be moved up as a result? You know, kind of remains to be seen. It's a little bit of an interesting time, um, you know, in the calendar. But, yeah, he he, he, he likes Alabama. He, he likes all the resources that are available on campus. But he really spoke highly of Kalen DeBoer. He just every, – every topic that – that we were hitting on, kept on coming back to Coach DeBoer and how he runs his program, what he gets out of his players. And uh, I really like the quote that he said about how he, he never flinches and his team never flinches uh, through adversity. Um, talk about his winning record. And then also he also uh, got to speak with new defensive coordinator Kane Womack, which was important for him. Uh, really kind of get a sense of that that play style, how simplified things are going to be in that defense. Uh, so, you know, it was a great conversation. I really appreciated it. You know, um, you know, a, a lot of the times, you know, when we cover recruiting, Bo knows this too, and, and Tim as well. Well, when, when you talk, get to talk to some of these these young prospects, they're they're a little bit green to to the situation. They're you know they're a little bit new to it. With Muhammad though, he's been through the transfer process. He's already gone from Oklahoma State to Washington, and now Washington to his new destination. So. Um, you know, he's somebody who knows exactly what he's looking for. And, um, you know, I, I don't think he would have visited. You know, we, there was some discussion on the BOL roundtable about the whole stability aspect of his quote. But I don't think he would have visited Alabama if he didn't have trust in Coach DeBoer and uh, faith in what he could do in the future. Yeah, if you have trust and faith in us, go ahead and hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel here for BamaOnline.com if you haven't already. By the way, thanks to so many of you who have already done it. We surpassed 6,000 subscribers overnight. I like waking up to that, by the way. That's it's a nice Thank way to wake all. up. Thank, Thank you very you much. And if you haven't, again, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Hit that notifications bell. Hit that like button as well. We would greatly appreciate it. Go ahead, Tim, with your thought. I was going to say, uh, it's funny to me that people can read an interview we did or have a nugget we did and read it and interpret it for themselves. I've never quite, <laughs> I've never quite understood how you can read what we write and take what you want, including he gone or all that <laughs> stuff. I just don't think it's, I mean, we're not intentional. I mean, we tend to say we don't feel, think Alabama's in a good spot here or Bama's trailing. We don't really imply it. And we certainly don't think the kids require we write it with the kids' quotes. There's not like a, a hidden agenda or hidden meeting in there. I just wanted to touch on that because I was like, I read Joseph's story. I liked it. And then I came back and there's a lot of people that found some negativity to it. And I read it again and didn't really didn't really see it. I just, you know, I just think that maybe uh, there was some assumption there. Um, Andrew, when you think about the weekend, and we're going to get into Ryan Williams, trust me, very quickly, very soon. 
but Noah Carter, not to say that he wasn't on the marquee with everyone else, but obviously a guy this new staff really likes, giving their pre- given their previous history with him at UW. Uh, what are you what are you thinking right now for Noah Carter, the edge from uh, Arizona? We're watching things closely with him. Obviously, uh, you know former Washington signee. He was actually released from his uh, NLI um, last. I think it was on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. And he had told me earlier in the week that he was trying to get to Tuscaloosa as long as he was released. He had signed in December, but had not enrolled. So he was still in Arizona. Once he got released from it, uh, quickly scheduled the visit, which was probably already scheduled, but um, got to Tuscaloosa. We hadn't had a chance to talk to him uh, directly yet, but have heard things went really well uh, regarding the visit. He's an outside edge rusher, um, six foot four, about 220 pounds. Had a great showing at the uh, All-American Bowl uh, out in San Antonio. Is one of those kids that a lot of people didn't know about. Uh, so when he got invited to the game, and I talked to Charles Power uh, on three sports, uh, national director of uh, uh, rankings and uh, scouting about him. And he said, this is a kid that had you know, one of the best days of the top practice day out there. Uh, top practice day, meaning that two a days uh, joint practice session with both uh, both teams. And he was one of the top overall performers. I think he was number two on the uh, on the West squad. Uh, great quickness. I think he probably needs to put on a little bit of weight. Uh, he's 220 pounds. But he's six foot four, has a great frame. Looks like he had a great time uh, in Tuscaloosa based on some photos and uh, things. his mom having some reaction as well. But it was his first trip to Alabama. Um, and I talked to him last week before the visit. He called uh, Coach DeBoer the best coach in the country. Uh, loved him. Uh, you know, has had high remarks for the entire coaching staff. And uh, this would be a huge pickup if Alabama was able to get him late because they only have one true edge player in the class, Jay Sean Ross. Uh, who signed and is already on campus. So if they can get another one. And as Charles Power said, this was probably the number one player in Washington's signing class. So uh, so that would be a huge home run there to uh, to get a late addition from the defensive player of the year in the state of Arizona. Tim, uh, Ryan Williams, obviously a huge piece from the previous weekend. Uh, it seemed like every time I hit refresh there on the round table or on social media, uh, he was popping up somewhere else. Uh, Roll Tide Willie, high school basketball game, pretty much you name it. It looked like Ryan had a good time over the weekend. Yeah, he knows his way around Tuscaloosa. I mean, besides Daniel Hill, I'm not sure prospects ever been there as much as Ryan. And Daniel was there a lot, as we've noticed, noted. Um, but, yeah, he's familiar there. We saw him. And the, the, the week itself was interesting. I mean, we broke the news on the roundtable that he showed up in Tuscaloosa to hang out, which is a – which is a big sign no matter how you slice it. He's there hanging out with Jalen. Bama staff went and saw him during the middle of the week, shows up for his uh, his official visit. And obviously, I mean, it was the, the social alone had to make you feel pretty good. The, the people filming the, the comments behind Andrew's like, because a lot of times I'm on mute, Andrew's like, make sure you're listening to the comments behind the camera. I mean, there were some, uh, there were some bold statements, but obviously this guy's always loved being in Tuscaloosa comes as much as he can. Um, I don't think, you know, and I, you know, I, I remember when Kalen DeBoer was hired. I mean, a lot of the posts were his first calls, Ryan Williams. I'm like, I doubt he's got to read the message board. I'm pretty sure that's been told to him. If he didn't know it, I'm sure that was told to him very, you know, on the plane ride over here, you know, he's probably saying who are the guys to look at. And, and again, Courtney Morgan was with him on the plane. So this is a guy 
probably on his phone, probably hitting his Google search, looking at his rankings and everything else. So, um, yeah, Ryan's in town, and and it, it all looks good. I mean, he's still got his visits lined up, so I think the emotional swing with Ryan will be coming. Um, but I think this weekend was a good weekend. It was a good week for Alabama with Ryan overall. JoJo, it, it, beyond 2024, 2025, there's been some anxiety there with obviously going from the greatest ever do it uh, to a new staff. Uh, we saw some initial backlash, I guess you could call it, uh, in the days after Nick Saban's retirement was announced. What have you been able to discern, though, maybe in the last few days? I know you've had some conversations with 2023. Uh, five types is is that starting to to settle down a little bit maybe move back more in a positive direction for Alabama most definitely and look there's going to be a, a flurry of west coast uh, offers and visits and you know things of that nature so getting accustomed with some of those guys out west um that just that's going to be the flavor that uh Caitlin DeBoer and his staff bring to Alabama's program is you know introducing a little bit more of a uh, west coast presence although Al Alabama already had some um you know signing Initially, three guys from California um, to Spain in this in this 2024 class. But um, you know, in terms of the West Coast guys that I got to speak with, who are already familiar with uh, Kalen DeBoer and his staff, spoke highly of him, uh, highly of Courtney Morgan as well. Just in terms of how he's able to build relationships not only with them but with their families as well. They really seem to be um, family oriented and relationship prioritized. Um, you know, at, at Washington's program. So that was kind of some of the feedback we were getting from the guys out West Coast. Uh, in terms of who's already who's still in Alabama's 2025 class, you have Miles Johnson, Anthony Rogers, two in-state guys. Rogers actually plays for IMG Academy, but he's from Montgomery. Um, and Miles Johnson's out of Bruton, T.R. Miller High School. I got to speak with Johnson. Um, you can see the interview posted on Bama Online. But, you know, he had some really interesting quotes in terms of just staying the course seeing what Kalen DeBoer and his staff has to has to offer. And he also said another interesting thing, which was someone had to follow Coach Saban. Someone was going to eventually. And we, we deserved, you know, he deserves to have our trust and our faith that he can, you know, establish a presence there at Alabama, do what he needs to do, and um, we're going to have faith in him. So, you know, I, I thought that was a really interesting interview. Um, hoping to catch up with a couple of other in-state players this week, uh, like Micah DeBose, who got re-offered. Re by Alabama, one of the top offensive linemen, not only in the state of Alabama, but, you know, in the country in the 2025 cycle in general. So, yes, you know, five prospects backed off their commitments. You know, obviously you'd love to still have the Jamie French and, um, you know, Zion Grady and, and others in this class, Javion Hilson and the two offensive linemen out of Georgia. But, you know, kind of in terms of the initial response that we got after Saban's retirement, it kind of indicated that there, there may be some change in that 2025 class coming just because all those relationships had to start over. But, Look, it's 11 months to go. You know, it's st still enough time uh, to get guys on campus for official visits, you know, do those junior days, um, you know, in the fall for game day visits, and then come December, you know, sign a pretty pretty decent class. So, you know, we'll see how it all plays out, but the initial reaction has been uh, relatively positive so far. Yeah, Andrew, I don't think folks or a lot of folks realize anyway how extensive the effort is on the recruiting front. You're not just re replacing – let's say, what, eight on the field assistants because you're keeping Freddie Roach, you're keeping Rob G. Uh, but the support staffs now that are involved in this stuff, and you have turnover at that level. So I guess in terms of what was realistic, this time frame, this transition, the administrative aspect of things that your new assistants have to go through before they can really 
um, uh, submerge themselves into it, get on the road, all those things. And it's not as simple as a snap of the fingers, right? We're 10 days into Coach DeBoer being named the head coach at the University of Alabama. I am beyond impressed as, as to what they've been able to do. And I know everybody's kind of upset with the decommitments and transfers. There could have been, it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it, it really could have been. And it, I know there was, you know, some guys that came out in 2025 that were a little upset at, you know, two days after Coach DeBoer was named the head coach that there was a lack of communication with the 2025 class. I'm sorry to the 2025 class, but the most important thing was to try to, you know, get your roster under control, make sure that everybody else on your team wasn't about to hit the transfer portal. You also didn't have coaches on your staff yet that were working. Now, there were reports of you know, this coach, that coach being hired, but those coaches were not officially on campus. Those coaches were not under contract with the University of Alabama yet. They could not make those phone calls. So you basically had just a few guys on campus that were having to sit down with each player, each star player on Alabama's football team. Alabama obviously lost a couple guys, Caleb Downs, um, you know, Isaiah Bond, Amari Neblock, but they were also able to keep a boatload of uh, its star players on campus and guys that were able to sit down with these staff, even though it was a very you know, small staff at the time, and felt a lot more comfortable about the direction of the program. So, uh, you know, props to them. Uh, you know, th I think things are starting to move in the right direction here. Um, yeah, I think you know, this is not confirmed or anything, but I do think that Coach DeBoer probably sat down with the team and said, hey, you know what, this is our program now. If you're interested in leaving the program, you want to hit the transfer portal, you need to do it because, hey, we only have a couple weeks to fill this roster. We've got to find your replacements. we got to get to work. We want you to be here, but if you don't want to be here, then, you know, find you a new home. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with what they've been able to do in such a short time period. It, it's kind of crazy. I mean, Coach Saban retired less than two weeks ago. We pretty much have a full staff. Um, you know, things are starting to, uh, to really move in the right direction for Alabama. Yeah, it's like Saban used to say, you got to get this time of year, you got to get the right guys on the bus. And this is a staff that's trying to do this in real time in a condensed period of time. Tim, so much was made of this hire of Kalen DeBoer from a recruiting perspective, uh, because obviously regionally anyway, not much of anything in the way of ties. I guess Indiana is about as close as it gets. So now that we pretty much know what this staff is going to look like, who it is going to consist of, your thoughts on its uh, ability uh, and how it is set up to handle the recruiting aspect of things. You know, just because we don't know if he can recruit here doesn't mean he can't recruit here. I mean, I think that's one of the things that bothers me the most. Not knowing isn't knowledge that it's negative. You can quote me on that. That sounds really good for True Detective 5. But I'm saying, if you know, just because we don't know don't mean, just like Austin Mack, we saw the reaction to him. And once we figured it out and laid it out and everything he was, I think the excitement's clearly on the side of Austin Mack being on uh, the campus. I mean, you look at the staff, the feedback for recruiting is good just about everywhere you go. You look at guys like Shep, the wide receiver coach, and Mo Linquist, Courtney Morgan, all these guys are known. And there's others. I'm just spitting a few that come to mind right now. They're known to be good recruit recruiters building relationships. Um, and then, of course, you got Freddie Rhodes, Robert Gillespie, and guys like that. So 
recruiting is relationships, right? And if you can sing it, you can sing it. That's what when I for first year in the business is what a coach told me. He can sing it or he can't sing it, meaning he knows how to recruit. And if you can sing it, if you know how to recruit, if you know how to build relationships, that will start. And you'll have, like Joseph said, we've still got, you know, we still got eight, 10 months before the first signing period, 11, 12 months before the next one. So they have time to build that relationship. But going back to Andrew with the 25 lack of communication on day three, I agree. I would have been disappointed if that was the focus of the, of the coaching staff was worried about them. We even saw the highlight of this that was lost was we saw a, a Tennessee a story from Tennessee saying a 26 quarterback was waiting to hear from Kalen DeBoer. Just out of the blue, we hadn't even heard of the guy. He's a highly ranked guy, but I mean, I haven't really had him connected, but out of the blue, we got, he's waiting. So um, kind of a popular thing there to kind of, in my opinion, take a little bit of a slight at Alabama because they were able to use the term lack of communication but I think his communication has been fine going back to what Andrew said with the guys you kept on campus, you know, and obviously Ryan Williams feels comfortable with the staff because he came for an unofficial, he met with them, and then he came for an official and seems to at least had a really good time. So I think they do fine with the relationships. And again, recruiting is relationships. Tim, you brought up the word quarterback. So I'm going to throw it around to the big three here. Uh, does Austin Mack essentially – qualify as a 2024 quarterback uh, for this staff with J uh, Julian saying moving on to Ohio State and also thinking ahead to 2025. KJ Lacey, I guess, showing up on campus, made made some headlines, certainly made our website there at BamaOnline.com. So 2024, 2025 quarterback, starting with you, JoJo, give me a thought or two on that. Yeah, um, just in terms of the Austin Mack edition, absolutely massive for Alabama in terms of the, considering the departure of Julian Sane later. Um, you, you bring in a guy who had a full year there at, at Washington, le less than a full year, I should say, um, but full season, you know, at Washington, originally a class of 2024 prospect, reclassified up to, to 2023. And everyone's going to kind of look at the rankings. Uh, Tim brought up a good point, though. This was uh, his reclassification occurred after the final 2023 rankings update. So you couldn't get that, you know, typical Ryan Williams when he reclassified a full rankings evaluation and, and being able to fit him exactly where he needs to be in that 2023 class in terms of Austin Max case. But, you know, you know that, that's a big addition. Um, Andrew talked about his size, six foot six, the production he had as a junior in high school. And then moving over to 2025, you know, George McIntyre just committed to Tennessee, but he was reoffered by Alabama um, and coached the board uh, a week ago. Um, you know, I imagine that he may, he may get on campus at least another time or two just to see the new staff. Uh, KJ Lacey visited as well. Obviously, there's a Ryan Williams connection at Saranland High School there. He's a very productive, um, you know, player, uh, especially in his junior and sophomore season. So, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where the staff eventually goes in 2025. You know, Bryce Underwood continues to be recruited. Um, you know, he committed to LSU earlier this month. But, um, yeah, you know, I think it's a great start getting K.J. Lacey on campus, especially with Ryan Williams there as well. Give me, uh, give me a, a quarterback thought or two, Andrew. So, um, yeah, I think I'll talk about um, – I'll talk about K.J. Lacey a little bit more. Um, this is a 2025 quarterback that – we've known about for a long time, committed to Texas last summer, kind of unexpectedly. Uh, it was his first trip out to Austin, committed to Coach Sark, but uh, you know, maintaining relationships with Alabama, visited Tuscaloosa a couple times. 
talked with the new staff last week and quickly made a trip to Tuscaloosa. He kind of kept things quiet uh, until Sunday. Um, we knew that he arrived on Saturday night, had a great uh, great visit with the staff, sat down with, uh, with Coach DeBoer, uh, Coach Grubb, and Jamarcus Shepard. Uh, the wide receivers coach, and you know, as Joseph, Joseph said, you know, he is teammates with uh, with Ryan Williams. So uh, obviously, that would uh, that that may play a little bit of a factor. But you know, at the end of the day, he was told, you know, "We're new here. We're just meeting you. Uh, it's our first introduction to each other." And he had not been on Washington's radar uh, you know, before. So this is a completely new relationship between the new Alabama coaching staff and KJ Lacey. Had a great time. Uh, with the staff, he's going back out to Texas this weekend with Ryan, who's going to be on his official visit. But you know, as of right now, in this 2025 class, a lot of the top guys are committed. Um, you know, George McIntyre commits to Tennessee today. You have Bryce Underwood, who recently committed to LSU. Um, Deuce Knight in Mississippi committed to uh, to Notre Dame as another top guy. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see what Alabama decides to do here. I, I would expect they are in evaluation mode. And they are in recruiting mode. They're going to start hitting up a lot of these guys that are committed because if you're a quarterback uh, throughout the entire country and you're highly ranked and you are pursued by Alabama, I think it's um, probably silly not to uh, not to pay attention to uh, to this staff and at least hear them out. And uh, we'll probably see a few of those guys make it to campus for uh, for unofficial visits this spring. Tim, I guess when you look at the current situation, you still have four guys on scholarship and the class breakdown works pretty well. Uh, and given the production that's documented between DeBoer and Ryan Grubb and uh, the development that we've seen with a guy like Michael Penix Jr., maybe quarterback isn't the biggest concern uh, for this group moving forward. <clears throat> no, not in the days of the portal. I mean, when you've had success getting Penix out of the portal, I mean, you know, you could always go there. And there's going to be guys that want to play in this system, obviously. It's going to be a quarterback passing uh, friendly system. Um, you know, the thing about Mac, like, you know, you still have to marvel is like he's going to turn 18 in June. And a lot of times, what do we see with quarterbacks? They're turning 19 their senior year. There's a lot of that holdback in the past. Now, a lot of them are jumping forward now, but this guy still could be basically a senior in high school. So he could be part of the 2025 class and we wouldn't bat an eye. So that's how young he is. Um, but, yeah, they're going to look. You know, the one thing about it when you talk 25s, 26 and all, it's going to shock a lot of people, but Kalen DeBoer might not want somebody that Nick Saban did. I mean, these are two different systems. We've seen that before. We've seen Nick Saban. We've covered him, and Andrew will tell you, we've seen him pass on that five-star guy that everyone was furious that he passed on. and wouldn't even believe it. No, we're not passing when we knew from the staff that they were not pursuing that guy. So every quarterback, any coach worth his salt, is going to trust his own evaluations before anything else. Anybody going off rankings is a that's a fool's errand. But um, you know, the one guy I'm watching, and I'm not saying anything, but one guy I think you will keep a close eye on is Juju Lewis. Over at Georgia, Georgia, you know, committed to USC. Lincoln Riley to the NFL is always going to be a rumor. Um, well, not this year so much, but you know, is he going to go across the country? You got Georgia who's going to chip away at him in Alabama. That could be a guy. Because like, you know, like Andrew and Joseph both said, we got a lot of guys committed right now. Quarterbacks tend to stay committed, but a little bit different in this class with uh, with the Dylan kid flipping to Nebraska, Julian already hitting the portal. So they could shake things up. I think Kalen DeBoer to Alabama probably made it a little less comfortable for some of the coaching staffs with big-time quarterbacks committed 
in the South simply because they knew Alabama might push for some of them. Like what you're hearing from these three guys when it comes to Alabama football recruiting? Well, you can get a lot more of it right there with us at BamaOnline.com. Come hang out with us on the roundtable. There are a premium message board at BOL. And, of course, as we told you earlier, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel here, hit that YouTube channel subscribe button and the notifications bell. You'll get all of our video content as it drops. Uh, guys. Get one thing I need to know as we move into the upcoming week. We'll start with you, Tim. What is maybe an aspect of the coming days that's going to be pretty critical to this program's recruiting effort? Uh, I think the uh, <clears throat> the the big junior day on the third, February third, is going to be a big moment to see who shows up. You know, a lot of people. That's the last recruiting official visitor weekend before kids sign. The next Wednesday, Wednesday I believe, is the seventh. So there'll be a lot of guys pushing, you know, there's only a few guys left, but they'll be pushing for that. But there's going to be a lot of junior day, uh, holding junior days that way. So Bama's going to have to fight to get them on campus and uh, to see who shows up and how it goes. But that's going to be their first real class, so to speak, of laying the groundwork for 2025. And they're talking to them now and uh, they're conversing with coaches and parents and all. But that's going to be a great opportunity to be face to face, especially in state which will be an easier ride for a lot of kids. You're up, Andrew. Throw us a bone. <laughs> I mean, as Tim mentioned, February 3rd, um, a big day, uh, trying to get as many kids as, on campus as possible just to meet the staff for the first time. But, you know, from what I heard in the last week, uh, you know, seeing some of these coaches out on the road, not necessarily coaches, but player or support staff members, Josh Chapman, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Denzel Duvall, Jamie Mosley, when – the new Alabama coaches weren't allowed to get out on the road last week. Those guys who were on the support staff, they went out. They did work. They start, talked to a lot of kids. And from talking to different kids, there's a lot of people that are very interested in coming in for that junior day. I think this week what we're going to be watching closely is are the new coaches going to be out on the road recruiting? Where all are they going to be? I think one of the most impressive things that I have seen, uh, and I don't know if I've seen it really anywhere else, maybe it Maybe it happens, but on Saturday, uh, Courtney Morgan, Mo Linquist hit the road. They didn't go out to see high school kids. Maybe maybe they saw a player or two, but they went out and saw signees' parents, guys that are already on campus, Peyton Woodard family, Xavier Brown, Damani Jackson, Zay Mincy, guys that just signed with Alabama. They wanted to go out, meet these parents, let them know their kids are in good hands here. Here, here's who I am. Here's what we're going to do for your son. Thank you for trusting us. This was their first meeting. I, I talked to a few parents, and they were beyond impressed by that and couldn't believe it. I mean, Courtney Morgan and Mo Linquist watched the 49ers game uh, on Saturday night with uh, with Peyton Woodridge's family. So I thought that was really impressive. We'll probably see a, a little bit more of that this week, but I, I'm really, uh, really interested to see which coaches are out on the road recruiting once they kind of um, uh, get everything settled with paperwork in Tuscaloosa, but uh, but that's what I'm really watching this week is uh, the coaches visiting top recruits. Speaking of on the road, I'm half disappointed that JoJo isn't doing this hit from his car as much as he's on the road for us at BamaOnline.com. What about it, Joseph? Uh, something that you may have particular interest in on the recruiting front in the coming days? 
I think a lot of people are interested, and we've seen a discussion on the BOL roundtable about, like, you know, just the perception of Alabama moving forward post Nick Saban. You know, how do recruits, how do their families, how, how do coaches view um, the University of Alabama's football program now? And telling you all, speaking with, with, with those people, you know, parents, coaches, um, you know, 2025 prospects over the past, you know, week and a half. You know, it's been very positive. You know, I, I've heard Alabama is still the apex of college football. You know, I've heard that Alabama is still the pinnacle, you know, that that it's still the standard. You know, these, these are words that have been thrown out by, you know, um, like like what Jabbar Muhammad, you know, talking about uh, Kalen DeBoer, the structure that he's going to bring to the program. So, you know, I, I think a lot of people were a little bit concerned and, and, you know, rightfully so. Nick Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time, you know, about, you know, what the perception would be of Alabama moving forward. It's been nothing but positive um, in terms of the interactions I've had with coaches, um, you know, family members and, and, and players alike. So I'd like to add that. And also on the 2026 front, you know, um, Tim brought up, you know, the, the 2026 quarterback out of Tennessee and, you know, how, you know, that there was an article about there not being communication yet with Alabama. Um, coaches can't directly contact 2026 recruits right now. So I just wanted to throw that out there. So wait, that, wait, there are, there are still actually rules in recruiting. You're telling me there's rules, Jojo. Yeah, there, there are breaking some. some news here. That's breaking news. That's your Jojo scoop of the day. But yeah, uh, 2026 can't be contacted yet. So, you know, I, I know there, you know, there's going to be some articles out there about we're waiting to hear, you know, we're waiting to hear, uh, you know, it's a little bit different with the 2026 prospects and, and rising juniors right now. So just want to throw that part out there. There's rules or just nobody to enforce them. Right. <clears throat> there's, there's like I had rules. Limits. My mom was out of town, but she wasn't yeah. at home, so she couldn't enforce them. There's speed that. limit signs, but, but nobody to to pull you over, you know, if you're doing 106 and a 35. So, hey, guys, as always, great stuff with us here on the YouTube channel for BamaOnline.com. Absolutely brought it as expected and going to give us so much great stuff right there with us at BamaOnline.com on a day-to-day -day basis. Thanks again, guys. Thank you. All right. Y'all come check us out, BamaOnline. It is BamaOnline.com for Joseph Hastings, for Andrew Bone, for Tim Watts, the big three. I'm Travis Schreier. Until next time, so long, everybody.